Chapter Twenty One of The Seventh Man. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Robert Kuyper. The Seventh Man by Max Brand. Chapter Twenty One. The Acid Test. Mrs. Johnny Summers managed to preserve her dignity while she escorted the visitor into the front room, and even while she asked him to sit down and wait. But once she had closed the door behind her, she cast dignity far away, and did two steps at a time going upstairs. The result was that she reached the room of Betty Neal entirely out of breath. Two hundred pounds of fat, good-natured widowhood do not go with speed. She tossed open the door without any preliminary knock, and stood there very red, with a clearly defined circle of white in the center of each cheek. For a moment there was no sound except her panting, and Betty Neal stared wildly at her from above her book. "'He's come,' gasped Mrs. Summers. "'Who?' "'Him.' As if this odd explanation made everything clear, Betty Neal sprang from her chair, and she grew so pale that every freckle stood out. "'Him?' she echoed ungrammatically. Then, "'Where is he? Let me downstairs!' but the widow closed the door swiftly behind her and leaned her comfortable bulk against it. "'You ain't goin', she asserted. "'You ain't goin', leastways not till you got time to think it over.' "'I haven't time to think. I—he—that was the way with me,' nodded Mrs. Summers, and her eyes were tragic. "'I went ahead and married Johnny in spite of everything, and look at me now, a widder. "'No, I ain't sorry for myself because I was a fool.' "'Mrs. Summers,' said Betty, "'will you please step out of my way? "'Honey, for heaven's sake, think a minute "'before you go down and face that man. "'He's dangerous. "'When I opened the door and seen him, "'I tell you the shivers went up my back.' "'Is he thin? Is he pale?' cried Betty Neal. "'How did he get away? Did he escape? "'Did they parole him? Did they pardon him? "'Did they let me get down?' "'Mrs. Summers flung away from the door.' then go and marry your man-killer. But Betty Neal was already clattering down the stairs, halfway to the bottom, her strength and courage ebbed suddenly from her. She went on with short steps, and when at last she closed the parlor door behind her, she was staring as if she looked at a ghost. Yet Vic Gregg was not greatly changed. A little thinner, perhaps. Just now he certainly did not have his usual color. The moment she appeared he jumped to his feet as if he had heard a shot, and now he stood with his feet braced a little to meet a shock, one hand twitching and playing nervously with the embroidered cloth on the table. She did not speak, merely stood with her fingers still gripping the handle of the door as if she were ready to dart away at the first alarm. A wave of pain went over the face of Vic Gregg and remained looking at her out of his eyes for all that his single-track, concentrated mind could perceive in her was the thing he took for fear. "'Miss Neal,' he said. His voice shook, straightened out again. He made her think of one of her big schoolboys who had forgotten his lesson, and now stood cudgeling his memory and dreading that terrible nightmare of staying after school. She had a wild desire to laugh. Uh, Miss Neal, I, I ain't here to try to take up things that can't be took up again. Apparently he had prepared the speech carefully, and now he went on with more ease. I, I'm leaving these here parts for some place unknown. 
before I go, I just want to say I know I was wrong from the beginning. All I want to say is that I was just all sort of tied up in a knot inside, and when I seen you with him, he stopped. I hope you marry some gent that's worth you, only they ain't any such, and I want to wish you good luck and, and say good-bye. He swept the perspiration from his forehead and caught up his hat. He had been through the seventh circle of torture. Oh, Vic, dear, cried a voice he had never heard before, then a flurry of skirts, then arms about him, then tears and laughter and eyes which went hungrily over his face. I've I, I been a hound dog. M my God, Betty, you don't mean that I love you, Vic. I never knew what it was to love you before. After I've been a man-killing, lying, sneaking, don't you say another word. Vic, it was all my fault. It wasn't. It was mine. But if you'd only kind of held off a little and gone easy with me, you didn't give me a chance. When I looked back from the road, you wasn't standing in the door. I was, and you didn't look back. I did. Vic, Craig, are you trying to... But the anger fled from her as suddenly as it had come. I don't care. I t I'll take all the blame. I don't want you to. I won't let you. She laughed hysterically. Vic, tell me that you're free. I'm paroled. Thank God. Oh, I've prayed and prayed. Vic, don't talk. Sit down there so. I just want to look and look at you. There's a hollow, hungry place in me that's filling up again. It was Pete Glass, said Vic brokenly. He he trusted me clean through when the rest was looking at me like I was a snake. Pete got word to the governor, and there followed a long interval of talk that meant nothing, and then, as the afternoon waned toward evening and the evening toward dark, he told her the whole story of the long adventure. He left out nothing, not a detail that might tell against him. When he came to the moment when Glass persuaded him to go back and betray Barry, he winced but set his jaw and plunged ahead. She, too, paled when she heard that, and for a moment she had to cover her eyes, but she was older by half a lifetime than she had been when he was last with her, and now she read below the surface. Besides, Vic had offered to undo what he had done, had offered to stay and fight for Barry, and surely that even the score. There was a light rap on the door, and then Miss Summers came in with a tray. "'Maybe you young folks forgot about supper,' she said. "'I just thought I'd bring in a bite for you.' She placed it on the table and then lingered, delighted, while her eyes went over them together and one by one. Perhaps Betty Neal was a fool for throwing herself away on a gunfighter, but at least Mrs. Summers was furnished with a story which half Alder would know by tomorrow. The walls of her house were not soundproof. Besides, Mrs. Summers had remarkably keen ears. "'There's been a gentleman here ask for you, Vic,' she said, "'but I thought maybe you wouldn't like it much to be disturbed, so I told him he wasn't here.' Her smile faintly glowed with triumph. "'Thanks,' said Greg, "'but who was he?' I never seen him before. Anyway, it didn't much matter. He wanted to see some of the rest of the boys quite bad. Pete Glass and Ronicky Joe and Sliver Waldron and Gus Reeve. He seemed to want to see them all particular bad. Pete Glass and Ronicky and... 
the posse murmured vic he grew thoughtful he wanted to see me too very particular and he seemed kind of downhearted when he found that pete was out of town wanted to know when he might be back what sort of a looking gent was he asked vic and his voice was sharp him oh he looked like a tenderfoot to me terrible polite though and he had a voice that wasn't hardly rougher'n a girl's seemed like he was sort of embarrassed just talking to me she smiled at the thought but vic was on his feet now his hands on the shoulders of mrs sommers as though he would try to shake information from her loose bulk look quick now he said where did you send him how you talk why where should i send him i told him like as not ronicky and sliver and gus would be down to lorimer's the groan of vic made her stop with a gasp what did he look like mrs sommers was very sober her smile congealed black hair and, and young and good-looking and brown eyes and god vic cried betty neal what is it she looked around her in terror it's barry he turned towards the door and then stopped in an agony of indecision betty neal was before him blocking the way with her arms outstretched vic you shan't go you shan't go you told me yourself that he's sure death god knows he is you won't go vic but the others ronicky gus she stammered in her fear that that's their lookout there's there's they're three to one let him kill but they don't know him they've never been close enough to see his face besides no three men i he for god's sake tell me what to do stay here if you love me i won't let you go i won't i got to warn them you'll be killed he tore away her hands i got to warn them but who'll i help them three against dan he saved me twice but i got i got to go if you fight for him first he'll only turn on you afterwards vic stay here what good's my life what good's it if i'm a yeller dog again i'm going out and be a man End of chapter 21